Welcome to the Sports GPS. With your hosts, Parker White and CJ Holly. Welcome back to the Sports GPS Season 3, Episode 26. Parker, what's on today's episode? As we always do this time of year, we kick things off by recapping the NFL action. Absolutely. Week 8 on the docket today. Then we head to the Baseball Diamond and talk about the World Series, as this series is looking to be heading towards a classic stat. Yeah, I mean, Game 7 is definitely in the cards for this series. It's definitely how it's feeling like. And then, as we always do, we end the episode by giving our NFL picks. Yeah, our NFL picks. We're going to talk a little trade deadline that happened this week. All that and more on this episode of the Sports GPS. Let's get into it. Welcome back. Diving right into that Week 8 recap. Parker, start with the Thursday night game. Ravens, they defeated the Bucks 27-22. Lamar Jackson is our player of the game, 27-38, 238 yards, two touchdowns. He rushed nine, nine rushes for 43 yards. Yeah, I mean, he added a little bit with his legs. He wasn't the top rusher for Baltimore. Which we say every week. Right, That's, and it led to a that. win. Right, yeah. it led to a win. And Gus Edwards goes out in that game or like... They would have rushed more with Edwards because Edwards is proving to be a pretty decent. Yeah, back he's solid. He's What's solid. wrong with the Bucks? I I don't know. They're like that's bad. that's is that like four straight losses for them? Something like that. I it's mean, crazy. And I don't want to put it all on Tom Brady, but he he looks his age. Yeah, he is looking his age. For and sure. I know he's dealt with some off field stuff. Now he's officially divorced a Giselle, or yeah. she divorced him. Whatever it is. So I know I know that definitely has to have an impact, but. Like their their defensive front is really their only positive light. They're not running the football, but everything else on that defense is not picking up the slack. Shaq Barrett's out now, yeah. So they're they're in trouble. Yeah, they're definitely in trouble. Let's go ahead and go across the pond to the early morning game that was on Sunday. Broncos defeat the Jags. Who thought that was possible? Yeah. Uh, Travis Etienne in a losing effort as your player of the game. 24 rushes, 156 and a touchdown. Broncos kind of lucked their way into a couple touchdowns. Russell Wilson still doesn't look that good. Jerry yeah. Judy did find the end zone for them, so that's good. And maybe the Broncos like figure it out a little bit, but yeah. the Jags had this game and it was theirs to win. It, it feels like they always play over in London, to be clear. Yeah, I was, yeah, I think that's like home field yeah. part two. Yeah, it's like home away from home for them. But Jags didn't pull it out this week. But Etn is finally yeah, uh, that he's, lead back, he's a beast. and he's he's here to stay for sure. All right, one of my favorite games of the week: the Falcons they over the Panthers in overtime, thirty-seven, thirty-four. Deontay Foreman with 26 rushes, 118 yards, and three touchdowns. The reason why it's one of my favorites is the way it ended. Yeah. DJ Moore had the gate go-ahead touchdown. Like, you get the extra point, they get the lead, they're going to win the game. Right. But he decided to be a dodo and took his helmet off on the field, which is a 15-yard penalty. They added it to the extra point. Dude man misses the extra point. They go into overtime. Panthers miss a field goal in overtime, and the Falcons win on a field goal. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's crazy to think, but uh, Deonta Foreman – Phenomenal game, yeah. 26 rushes there, 118, three touchdowns, as you said. Like, DJ Moore could have very easily been the player of this game, yeah. but as soon as he took his helmet off, he became the X player of this yeah. game for the Panthers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cowboys defeat the Bears 49-29. to You know, at 
the start of this, I would have said, hey, let's bet the under here. This yeah. isn't going to work. Oh, yeah, me too. Cowboys put the uh, over by themselves, as Ooh, I think it was like yeah. 48 and a half. They put up 49 here. Yeah. Tony Pollard with Zeke out made every single play imaginable. 14 rushes, 131, three touchdowns. Player of your game right there. Oh, yeah. Dolphins, they're over the Lions, 31-27. Tua is our player of the game, 29-36, 380 yards, three touchdowns. Big wideouts games from Waddle, eight catches, 106 yards, two touchdowns. Tariq Hill, 12 catches, 188 yards. Yeah, I mean, it's basically Tua throwing to these two guys yeah. is what's what's going to carry the Dolphins, is what carried them early to their early success. Yeah. Uh, Tua gets hurt. They don't have the same success. Now Tua's back. They're starting to ride it again. The Dolphins, sneaky team. They might bring it up. We're going to talk about power rankings next week as we're an off week for our power yeah. rankings. But I would assume the Dolphins might creep back up towards the top 10, if not in the top 10, oh, yeah. if they keep playing like this. Absolutely. Uh, Vikings defeat the Cardinals 34-26. to It was almost ho-hum. Kirk Cousins <laughs> had two ru- Two passing touchdowns plus a rushing touchdown. Yeah. Who would have thought that happened? And it wasn't like a sneak variety. It was like from like eight, nine. It was it was a long way. Yeah, out. for Kirk Cousins, it was a long way. It out. wasn't a QB sneak. Yeah, right. Uh, but Dalvin Cook's your player of the game. Twelve rushes, 111 yards. He found the end zone, and it was kind of a crucial time to find the end zones. It looked like the Cardinals were trying to get back in. Cook slams the door and makes it a makes it a, you know a non issue. Kind of a shocker here. The Saints shut out the Raiders twenty four nothing. Alvin Kamara is our player of the game. Eighteen rushes, sixty two yards, and a touchdown. And he had nine catches, ninety six yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, receiving the ball, catching the ball, rushing the ball, doing everything. Kamara was uh, a man among boys in this game, and the Raiders just had no answer. When Derek Carr, Derek puts Carr up, was terrible. You know, I mean, he only puts up like a hundred yards passing. He had a pick. I think in fantasy-wise, he was under two points. I was going to say, we felt it in fantasy. Yeah, we did, because we <laughs> lost by like 20, 30, something like that. It might, 30, it might have even been 40. Like, yeah. we probably would have lost if Derek Carr had a good game, but like... Yeah, but we would have had a chance. Yeah, we would have... <laughs> we would have felt better. Yeah, we would have we would have felt better at it. Well, we were facing Devo- uh, Deonta Foreman, so like... Yeah, but, and ETN. We were playing two, yeah, playing two yeah. players of the games, and we had a chance if Derek Carr had done anything, but he didn't, so... Nope. Uh, Saints, good win there. Eagles defeat the Steelers. Surprise, surprise. Steelers haven't won. <laughs> in philly since 1965 the eagles yeah. extend that streak aj brown's a player of the game six catches 156 Beast. three touchdowns all on simple fade routes to the right hand side jalen hurts throwing great deep balls on sunday in philadelphia eagles ran one play in the red zone one <laughs> for an 11 yard touchdown by miles sanders if i had told you before this game before you knew the score before anything that the eagles ran one play in the red zone you wouldn't think they would have yeah, won. They probably would have lost. However, they win by a blowout, sitting there putting the Steelers on it. They just scored from outside. Three three to A.J. Brown and one to Zach Pascal was outside of the red zone when the play started. Yeah, the Patriots, they defeated the Jets 22-17. Patriots D was the player of the game. They had two sacks, three picks. I'm kind of bummed about this because I picked the Jets, as you guys heard last week. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Patriots, they're... I don't even know what to think about that. They just have the Jets number. Like, the Patriots, when they play anybody in the AFC East... They sit there and and they put something on them. Yeah, and there's something to be said that Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest coach of all time. I'm not going to dub him that. However, he's in the conversation. He's definitely in the conversation. When he plays an opponent that he knows and that he studies a lot, he's going to do good things. And right now, he's doing great things, especially when he faces the Jets. Absolutely. Let's talk about another interdivisional rivalry here. Titans defeat the Texans 17-10. to Derrick Henry, your player of the game, 32, uh, 32 rushes, 219 yards, found the end zone both times for the Titans. Uh, the Texans, they didn't look good, but 
Neither did the starting quarterback for the Titans as they start Malik Willis out of Liberty, yeah. the rookie. I mean, he threw it, what, like 10, 11 times or something yeah, like something that? Something like that. Didn't look good. He, I think he rushed it more times than he threw it. But that's all the Titans needed as the Texans' D-line isn't the greatest. When was the, the last time you saw a guy run the ball 32 times? Um, I think Derrick Henry's done it like once each year for like his time in because you know Mike Vrabel just goes, well... I'm just going to keep rushing him until you stop him, and then in the I mean, fourth I, quarter I like he just it. doesn't get run. No, absolutely, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, but I like, just, like we just don't see that because it's it's too it's too back committee for most teams, right? And you're just like if if you get twenty, it's like oh, maybe maybe he should you know tone it down a bit. Yeah, I mean maybe, but like when you have a beast known as Derrick Henry, yeah. you're not gonna King stop. Henry. Yeah, I'm giving him the ball. Yeah, obviously. I mean, he's just he's an absolute stud. You're not going to sit there and stop him in any way, shape, or form. And, yeah, the official stats there, Willis ends up with 10 passes. They ran the ball 45 <laughs> times, 32 of which came from Derrick Henry. <laughs> That's crazy. It, crazy it is. All right, let's talk about my Colts. They lost to the Washington Commanders 17-16. to The Yikes. Brewmeister to, to Heineke was 23-31, 279, a touchdown and a pick. Rushed the ball six times for 29 yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, this was such a – this was a hard watch. Yeah. Because I was pumped. So I was like – it's local. I get to actually watch them. Mm-hmm. And I, I was actually excited to see Sam Ellinger, the new quarterback. He actually didn't play terrible. Like, throwing the ball downfield, he actually looked pretty good. But, like, offensive line still garbage. And we couldn't get, really get much of a run game, consistent running game. I know Jonathan Taylor was kind of in and out. They're watching his snaps. But it was funny. Like, in that first, that first, they're the only team in the NFL who have not scored on the opening drive of the football game. That's crazy to think about. Yeah, they went three and out, and they're like, yeah, but uh, Peyton Manning's here because uh, they're celebrating Tariq Glenn at halftime, the <laughs> great left tackle. And I'm just like, Peyton, get down here. We'll get you some pads. I'm sure you can do better than this garbage. Yeah, he's it, it wasn't good at all. And, I mean, you got to look. Uh, Sam, as, to your point, he th- uh, threw it 23 times. He was 17 for 23 for 201. Like, I, it's not he bad. He wasn't bad. I mean, he's a Texas product, so it makes, yeah. it makes sense. They actually turn out okay quarterbacks. Yeah, young. Um, you know, but uh, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, 16 carries for 76 yards. Naheem, he had moments. Yeah, but, Naheem Hines finds the end zone. But, on he 20. Ca- but he came out. Like, I know, I know he had like a big leg over 20-yard run, yeah, and he came out order. because he because he bummed his ankle, and that's something he's been, they had to retape him and stuff. So it's just, it's been hard. And I know the Colts this week, they fired their offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady, which is, I mean, that, that's, the, the, right, that's right? the right call. I mean, right. this is like, I think it's his first year as the OC. He was like our quarterback's coach mm-hmm. or something like that. So Frank Reich is calling plays the rest of the year, which I, we'll see if that helps. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's a, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on in Indianapolis. No, you shouldn't is really what it comes down yeah. to. Uh, 49ers defeat the Rams, as I correctly predicted. Uh, <laughs> <You> <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. I, I've got a weird stat line for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. He has a perfect passer rating. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he went 18 of 94 for one touchdown on the ground. Eight catches for 55 yards and one touchdown receiving. One for one, 34 yards and one yeah. passing touchdown. Hit the triplicate. Uh, I mean, talk he, about a game. Yeah, I mean, a great game for him. Jimmy Garoppolo has a rating of 132.5 because he <laughs> threw it 25 times, completed 21 of them yeah. for two touchdowns. Ayuk had a great game. McCaffrey, we already talked about his rushing. And then Kittle finds the end zone, which for what feels like the first time ever yeah. this year. I was like, when was the last time Kittle got in the end zone? Right. Uh, Cooper Cup gets his touchdown like it per always usual. seems. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, he also rushed the ball a couple times. Matt Stafford just looks off. I mean, not yeah. great, not bad. 22-33. It's just, 
Uh, there's something wrong with the Rams right now. And I'm they, so glad they he got a Super Bowl last year because that might be the only opportunity. <laughs> you are not wrong. All right, the Seahawks. They they shock us again. They beat the Giants 27-13. Geno Smith continuing that great year. 23-34, 212 yards and two touchdowns. Kenneth Walker, Rashad Penny, who? Yeah, he right. Had 18 rushes, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, he really wasn't doing it great on the ground, but he did find Pater. That kind yeah. of huge. Daniel Jones had a very pedestrian day 17 yeah. for 31 you know jones is kind of a pedestrian quarterback yeah I, and the, the giants just never got anything going then no. they fell behind once they fell behind it was over yeah, you can't use saquon in that yeah see uh seahawks put up a big 14 point quarter in the in the fourth and that just basically ended it from that point yeah uh bills defeat the packers 27 to 17 stefan diggs your player of the game six of 108 and one uh i just I look at the Packers and the Bucks as both yeah. the same thing. Aging quarterback has no real help. Well, Tom Brady's got help. They're just hurt. They're just hurt. Uh, Rodgers took all the money and said, yeah, I don't care about my help. I've won two MVPs. I don't really care yeah. about winning anything anymore. And it's showing on the field. The Bills just look like the class. Oh, yeah. And they're just, you know, they're making people look stupid. So that's mm-hmm. what happened. And the Browns on Monday Night Football destroyed the Bengals 32-13. Nick Chubb, 23 rushes, 101 yards, and two touchdowns. They dominated from jump. Yeah, it was it was Browns, Browns, and more Browns. Not a lot of scoring. as I think there was no scoring in the first quarter at all. Uh, and then the Browns kind of turned it on yeah. late. They just they made a mockery of this game. Score 11 in the second, 14 in the third. Cincinnati didn't put a point on the board until the fourth quarter. It was basically over. Yeah, just when you think point. the Bengals have turned a corner, they regress. Well, and no Jamar Chase this game. I think if Jamar Chase is in, the Browns are in for like a little bit more of havoc. But he's missed the last like three weeks. Two, three weeks. Well, yeah, but when I, no, 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 because he, he's been in, but he's been hurt. Like he's been playing hurt, yeah. but he's, he still made an impact on the field. But I think I don't think Cleveland's got the ability to cover three guys because you, I mean, honestly, oh, like probably not. Higgins, Boyd, and Chase. Now you just yeah. got to guard Higgins and Boyd. Yeah, I mean, Mixon caught seven out of the backfield, but like their linebackers are fast enough in Cleveland with uh, yeah. JOK. So I mean, I I just think the Bengals need Jamar Chase. They need oh, they that do. Burrow Chase. You know, connection. Yeah. I mean, Burrow got sacked five times. I mean, the Cleveland pass rush got to him and. Jacoby Brissett did exactly what he should do. He went 17 to 22 for 278, and Chubb rushed more than Brissett through the ball. That makes sense. That's a winning yeah, formula. That's what they need to do. All right. Well, that's uh, wraps up the recap. As far as picks are concerned, I went 10 and five. Yeah, Parker went eight and seven. He had a string of picking up one on me. That's no more. <laughs> that's gone. As I am 77, 45 and one. Parker is 72, 50 and one. I go back to my five game lead. When we return, we go to the diamond as we talk all things World Series as my Phillies are facing the Astros. We're going to talk about what could be an instant classic when we return. Welcome back to Sports GPS. We're hitting the diamond and talking World Series, your Phillies versus the Astros. CJ, hit us off. Yeah, the series is tied 2-2. Let's talk about how each game was won and lost. Phillies win game one, 6-5. JT Romuto, 
Big night, big yeah. night. Two for three, uh, double, and the game-winning homer had three RBIs total. The double barely missed leaving the yard, too. Yeah. Uh, Nola, his struggles continue in the fifth inning. We're going to talk more about that coming up. Yeah. But he allowed five runs on two walks and five Ks. Kyle Tucker looked like, looked like he was going to have the player of the game locked up yeah. uh, when he went three for five. Two dingers in his first at-bats, four RBIs. Uh, Verlander went five innings plus five runs, uh, two walks and five Ks. Yeah. Uh, Houston goes out to that five nothing lead. Then Verlander gives up his five runs in the fourth and the fifth to tie the game. I mean, it was uh, Bryce Harper rope with Reese Hoskins on uh, second, and yeah. like everybody's like, "Oh, why don't you send him?" And then I thought it was a good hold. Well, I mean, I, mean, I know it ended up working out. Right. It, it I th- came I, moot. I think it was a good hold because Bryce smoked it. Yeah. I know it was with two outs, so you're like, well, he'd be running on the play, but right. like, it was right at Kyle Tucker. I'm not saying Kyle Tucker has the best arm, but he's accurate. He's a good defender. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it was smart, but you know. Yeah, I mean, it turns out to be moot. But Hindsight. Considering what Nick Castellanos had been doing outside of the Brave series in this playoffs, in this postseason, yeah. like, it almost felt like you needed to risk it for the biscuit. Turned out to be moot because Castellanos hits a little bleed single over shortstop, just falls right there in left field, and then Bohm comes up and ropes a two-out RBI double right behind him. He's been phenomenal. As long as his stroke stays short, he'll be okay. And then bullpens take it out until the 10th. JT, as I already said, hit the game running opposite field homer. That's almost a wall scraper. I mean, it barely got out, but he hit it a ton opposite way. Uh, to get the 6-5 lead. Uh, the Astros got traffic on David Robertson in the 10th, but couldn't yeah. scratch that run across. Phillies taking one nothing series lead in the game, too. I love how everyone's like, Justin Verlander, they should have taken him out. And I'm like, dude, did you see the first three innings? Yeah. He went in order. Right. So, you know, it's hindsight. It's, we, we can play that game, mm. but he, he just didn't have it. He, he took away from the fastball, and he was going breaking ball, and he just left it middle of the zone, and your Phillies capitalized. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not missing mistakes right now, and we're going to talk about that in a little yeah. bit, how somebody didn't have any mistakes, but yeah. game two. All right, game two, the Astros, they bounced back. They went five to do. Alex Bregman, he had a huge two-run homer. Altuve, Pena, Alvarez, they combined to go 5 for 11 with two RBIs. Framber Valdez was really good for Houston, six and a third innings, one run, nine strikeouts. Your boy Zach Wheeler, five innings. He's kind of struggled, five runs, four earned, three walks, three strikeouts. He didn't have his best stuff. But the big takeaway of this game was Framber Valdez. (laughs) Was he using some sticky stuff? Yeah, there's a lot of talk on Twitter about Valdez and the fact that he changed gloves three times, changes spikes once. I mean, there is... I mean, uh, my the, biggest like I thought it was just so weird when he was the way he was rubbing his elbow, like his his wrist. Yeah, his wrist. I was like, what are you doing? His forearm a little bit. Like, like we played, yeah. we both pitched. Like I I understand trying to get moisture. Yeah, when you're rubbing up a ball, right? I've never done that. Yeah, but. it it was weird. I, and and I mean, there's some color on his pants that didn't look dirtish. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying he was, but like, and again, if if it isn't the Houston Astros, this is a non-topic. But because yeah. it's the Houston Astros, it's a topic. Yeah. And I'm not saying he is. And I, he's he's an OCD guy. He's He is stitious. I'm not going to call yeah. him superstitious. I'm not going to call him little stitious. <laughs> he is stitious. He's just stitious? He is stitious. <laughs> and he's also suspicious. Uh, so yeah. I don't know for sure. But, I mean, you know what? Valdez yeah. is probably going to end up pitching game six. Yeah. 
uh, you know, there, there, there are things here. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to touch it. It's gonna be another Valdez Wheeler game six because we're going to a game six at least. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm very interested to see what comes of that as this whole saga unfolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, game three though, the Phillies back home at the bank dominate, dominate. I mean, just pure domination. Phillies offense hits five homers, Bohm, Swerber, Hoskins, and Marsh after the first inning two run Jack yeah. by Bryce Harper that like destroyed, like you knew it off the bat. It oh, was yeah. very similar to a couple other homers that he's had. Schwarber's bomb was to straight center. Hoskins goes back to back with him. Marsh's homer was kind of a wall scraper, went to review and the little kid's just proud of himself that he didn't stick his glove out far. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bohm Harper was telling Bohm about this tip pitch by McCullers. Now McCullers only goes four and a third. He gives yeah. up all seven runs. The only pitcher in World Series history to give up five homers in the same game. Uh, Ranger Suarez goes five shutout innings. This was perfect. Uh, Suarez, he was, he was really good, was good, and it was good that you got him out. And because they had the seven run lead, they didn't have to go to their. You know, their workhorses in the bullpen, like right. they threw Nick Nelson, they threw Gibson, uh, they, they didn't throw their big guns, uh, Brogdon. Gibson hasn't pitched all postseason. Except for this this right. inning, and he looked good. Like, yeah. But this is why you keep him on the roster, on the thing, because if you got to get through a game right. where you're already losing oh, or I think you're it's up smart. big, you just, you're like, hey, go pitch three innings for me and you're fine. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's good to have a guy like Gibson who can give you length, but it's like, that guy hasn't pitched in like a month. And yet he looked really good in game yeah. three. I, I'm kind of shocked that they're not going to start him like game five. I know it's Thor. Like, I'd rather start Thor. Right. But, like, don't be surprised if Gibson finds his way into game five tonight True. for sure. All right, game four, the Astros bounce back. They win 5 nothing. The first seven Houston Harris all recorded a hit. Alvarez, Bregman, Tucker, Guriel, each with an RBI, different points in the game. Your boy Aaron Nola, he only went four innings. Well, Four-plus innings. He was yeah. in the fifth. Oh, excuse me, four-plus innings, three runs, four strikeouts. But the bit, the story of this game, Astros combined no-hitter. Yeah. This- That's only the second time in Major League history there's been a no-hitter in the World Series. Mm-hmm. The other was a perfect game by Don Larson in the 1956 World Series. And it's a third no-hitter in the postseason. The other was 2010 Roy Halladay went went no-hitter in his first career postseason start. But, yeah, I mean, Christian Javier, I know he's not throwing 98. It's more 93-95. And you're like, man, why are they not destroying it? But, like, great location. He's got right up in the zone with the fastball, and he's got a really nice slider that doesn't get talked about enough. And then after Javier, it was... Who, who who came? Uh, Abreu, Abreu, and then Montero, Montero, and, and then Presley. Presley. He yeah. threw scoreless innings. Abreu struck out the side. Montero struck out two of three, and then Presley. Uh, you know he, he gives had, up a walk, walk, but yeah. I mean he was he was pretty much in control. I mean Phillies fans were leaving in the eighth inning anyway. It was, like the, the Phillies home field advantage has been the raucous crowd, yeah. and the Houston Astros took him out of it, and it was all in the fifth and. Let's talk about that fifth inning. You take uh, Noel out? Do you take Noel out in the fifth after the back-to-back hits? I take him out after the first hit. Okay. And here's the reason why. Historically, uh, especially this year, Aaron Nola has not been good in the fifth inning. Like, just straight up, the fifth inning, not been good. Uh-huh. Let's go over his numbers. Uh, ERA by inning for Aaron Nola. In the first inning, 1.41. Good. Second inning, 1.69. Mm-hmm. Also good. Third yeah. inning, 2.90. Still good. Yeah. Fourth inning, 3.56. You're starting to get onto that teeter range, right? Right. Fifth inning, 5.59. 
Sixth inning, four five zero. Seventh inning, four nine six. In the eighth inning, he's perfect. Yeah. And then the ninth inning, they usually always pull him with like one out, so right. maybe the run scores and only one goes against. So that right. five point four is kind of a an outlier. But the fifth inning has always been his struggle. It's it's it by by no stretch of the imagination is that an issue. And when you're already up two to one and you didn't use any of your high leverage guys last inning, as soon as Chase McKissick or McCormick, McCormick. excuse me, gets on it with that hit. I'm instantly going to Alvarado. And I have Alvarado up in the bullpen. Like, I have him up in the fifth. Was he ready? He wasn't ready. And that's the problem. Like, I have, I know Aaron Nola, and he was already taxed. Like, his first four innings, there was some traffic on the base paths. He got out of a couple jams already. It's not like he had easy four innings. He was already taxed a little bit. Right. And, And you know, I mean, Javier, he's been pitching great. He's looking phenomenal. Why are you not like knowing that, hey, I've got to go to my big guns right here if Aaron Nola struggles? You know Aaron Nola struggled in the fifth. That's been his like quote unquote crux inning. Yeah. Maybe I give him maybe I give him Altuve. Maybe. But I don't. I don't. But like if yeah. you sit there and go, Well, I'll give him Altuve. Altuve didn't look good against him. Uh, you know, and I know the argument Pena struck out two previous ABs. I don't care. Yeah, like that, you when when it starts to go downhill for Nola, yeah. it goes downhill, and then Alvarado comes in and like bases loaded, nobody out, and just drills Alvarez right in the back with the first first pitch. Like yeah, and, and then, then it, and then Bregman double. It was it was the floodgates opened yeah. up at that. I know for me, like I never thought about taking Nola out after McCormick hit. Mine was like okay because he had success against Pena in this game. After Pena, I'm taking him out, but. Uh, again, it's hindsight, and uh, you're probably right. Like you probably like after. Well, they McCorm- did take him out after Pena, so you're saying after Altuve. Uh, yeah, because it went McCormick. Like I understood Altuve, why. Altuve, I, under- I understand why they let Nola face Pena because you got the lefty and Alvarez, and I, I know I know Alvarado beamed him in the back, but like that's not on purpose, right? So it's like I don't know. I I, I like your stance on after he gets up a hit to McCormick, get him out. Yeah. And that's what needed to happen. Like, I would either do that or what what took place. What actually took place. Yeah. You're not letting him not face Pena. And I get you there. Yeah. But you had to know. You had your big horses in this game. And right. I mean, you see what Houston's able to do right here. Now, they had a couple walks. They both got the second on stolen bases in the second and the third inning. So, I'm not sitting here saying that Philly's offense was nothing, even though it was nothing. Yeah, it was they had nothing. no hits at this point. Right. But they did have a little bit of traffic, right? But like you've got to know that like this is this is the time like this is the pivotal moment, and you know Nola's not good in the fifth, and it's it's actually when Nola doesn't get the first person out in the fifth, yeah. everything unravels. Yeah. If he gets the first guy out, he's probably gonna get through it. No he, problem. he probably gets through it, but he didn't. As soon as that hit happens, I'm instantly going to the bullpen. Whether it's Alvarado, whether it's Brogdon who's been pitching good, yeah. whether it's uh, uh, Bellotti who's been pitching good, like you've got arms out there who yeah. can get you there. Like I would have had someone up. Yeah. As soon as he went into that inning, now it probably would have been Bellotti because you've got right-hander, right-hander, right-hander in the top three. So I would have probably had Bellotti up and not Alvarado. But then as soon as Bellotti gets into the game, Alvarado's up because if I get to right. Alvarez, yeah, I need that yeah. lefty. Absolutely. So 
Well, no, because he couldn't do that because of the three batter rule. But oh, I, yeah. Principle. Principle still remains the same. I still get another workhorse up. Oh, yeah. Like, it's Bilotti. I'm bringing you in to get these guys. And if I got to walk Alvarez, uh, you know, did, yeah. I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine right. walking Alvarez. But, I mean, Bilotti's a good ground ball pitcher. You could possibly get that, that ground ball uh, double play. If it's hit hard enough, Altuve and Pena both hit the ball hard on the ground. So, yeah. maybe you're getting that out of it, too. You know, I'm not sitting here saying, you know, all you know, woe is me here. But like, I'm that's if I'm Rob Thompson, you've been so aggressive with your bullpen all series, and this time is the one time you're not aggressive, yeah. and it costs you. Yeah. Now, and if this game is maybe two nothing, maybe there's more pressure on Houston to you know, yeah. maybe that no hitter goes away, maybe a ball hangs. You know, I'm not sitting there saying that what they did was great, but from the fifth inning on, it was like their pitchers were on cruise control because they they didn't fear the one big hit. Where yeah. in a one-run game, two-run game, you fear the one. Oh game. yeah, you definitely do. So definitely different. All right, uh, game five tonight. Tonight you got Verlander for Houston and Syndergaard for Philly. I know initially it was thought Zach Wheeler was going to pitch this game, but they gave him an extra day to give him an extra day of rest. Yeah, because he has fatigue. Mm-hmm. Of course, I, lo- I was watching MLB Network today, and Pedro Martinez was on there. No, I was watching. Yeah, yeah, I was watching. Yeah, it was today. And they were talking about how Wheeler's getting pushed today. And Pedro's kind of like, they say fatigue, but guess what? Everyone's fatigued at yeah. this point. He goes, so I, I'm not buying the fatigue thing. Well, he didn't have his normal VLO he, he in game didn't. two. So I would actually rather him pitch in game six. And here's the reason why. The fans give you the advantage in game five because you're at sure. home. You want your pitcher to give you an advantage in game six on the road. So I'm fine with Rob Thompson going essentially bullpen game here tonight with Syndergaard and, and whoever else. Yeah. Uh, because the fans are in it, so you just pray and the bats wake up. Um, and, and every player for the Phillies uh, clubhouse was doing the right thing last night and being like, we don't care about the no-hitter. We care because we list the game. But we're it's gone now. We yeah. can't change it. Yeah. We're coming out tomorrow, and we're going to try to win tomorrow. Right. And if they win tomorrow, they win tonight, obviously. It's like happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if they win tonight, then they have a very good chance with Wheeler on the mound in game six. Yeah. If if they lose tonight, I also really like Wheeler in a, in an elimination game in game six in Houston. I mean, so, that's, def- that's definitely who you want if you're Philly in an elimination game is Wheeler. But on the other side, if you're Houston, not that we all know Zach Wheeler is great. But they got to him. His first time being in the right. series, so they're they're riding high because they've won two in a row, including the no hitter, and they're at home. So, and they're feeling good because, like, yeah, I know it's Zach Wheeler, but we've faced like we've done some damage against him in this series. I'm not saying like Zach Wheeler can't. I'm sure the extra day is going to help, right? But we'll see. Like, does it, does the velocity really they, go up? I they don't know. faced Wheeler pitching 93. They haven't faced Wheeler face, pitching 97, 98. I don't know. Yeah. And, well, actually, they did in the first inning, and Wheeler gave up nothing. Yeah. So <laughs> and, and then it would just the velocity then, just went the down. velocity tank. So yeah. giving him the extra day, I'm hoping he throws 97, 98 for you know what he normally does, three, four innings, and then maybe he can give you five, maybe he can give you six. But then when his velocity drops, Rob Thompson, pull him. You got to be aggressive from here on out, Rob Thompson. Yeah. It is essentially a three game series. Let's do what you did in St. Louis and win this one and uh, on on Saturday. And, and get this thing done in six. I don't want to. I don't want to have to compete with the NFL on Sunday. Boy, wouldn't that be something? Though it would be crazy. 
World Series Game 7 on Sunday competing with the And honestly, World Series would probably have better ratings. Well, yeah. I mean, it's Titans-Chiefs Monday uh, Sunday night. We're going to talk about that. But the funny thing is, like, when you look at, like, na- like big national baseball games, yeah. they're doing better than the NFL. Well, yeah. And no one talks about it. No. But it's kind of funny. Well, it's because there is a niche fan, and when it's one game on, they're watching it. Where NFL fans are I not. I know. I know. They're more team-oriented, so... I'll give you that. We we watch we watch Sunday night game. We watch we watch <laughs> we watch it all. We're gonna talk about yeah. uh, we're gonna talk about those week nine picks, including that Titans Chiefs game when we return. But before that, the NFL trade deadline right around the corner. Welcome back. We're hitting the NFL trade deadline as uh, yesterday at 4 p.m. Yeah. was the deadline. A lot of moves. A flurry of moves is I where know. I was going to go with it. But, you, uh, you know, every once in a while I like to break out the big vocabulary, Parker. Proud of you. I know you're the writer, but every once in a while I want to elevate myself to your status. Let's go <laughs> ahead and talk about the first one on the docket. Your team trades somebody away. Yeah, we trade Naheem Hines to the Buffalo Bills for Zach Moss and a conditional 2023 fifth round pick. I like, I mean, look, I like Naheem Hines, but I like the move. Yeah. I think Zach Moss, I think, I, I think he can be unlocked. Yeah, I think he can too. I'm not, he's not an every down back, but we don't need him to be because we have Jonathan Taylor. Well, and I think Zach Moss was too much like Singletary for them, where they weren't getting too much like. A thunder lightning approach. Yeah, they were getting more thunder thunder. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, Hines gives them more of that lightning, right? It gives them oh, more yeah. of that scat back type feel. Good receiving back, right? So, and, and I'm not saying Moss can't catch it out of the backfield, but like he, your he's more of a bruiser. He's, he's definitely more of a more bruiser. Of a, let's let's pop it in. I think uh, Moss. If, I like if it for Taylor both is hurt. Yeah. That makes more sense because you know Zach Moss is more of the Taylor option. I think they're looking for more of a you know big back. I think their season's done. I think oh, they yeah. might uh, might say, "Hey, Jonathan Taylor, go ahead and rest up, buddy." Yeah, they might. We need you healthy for next season and and for seasons on. And they might give the ball to Zach Moss. It might be crazy, but mm-hmm. it's there. Uh, let's talk about running back Jeff Wilson going to Miami for a fifth rounder next year uh, via San Francisco. I think this is great. This gives more opportunity for uh, Christian McCaffrey to lead that way. Yeah, uh, they kind of, you know, he was expendable. They've got other running backs on the IR. Forgive me, I don't have their names off the top of my head that are going to come back to, you know, spell CMC. So Wilson was expendable. Miami was willing to give up a fifth rounder. I think yeah. Jeff Wilson was a sixth round pick anyway. So you increase your value. Great job, San Francisco. One one trade that I really found interesting: Calvin Ridley, wide receiver, going to the Jags for two conditional picks the next two years. Of course, he's suspended, so we'll see. You know how that goes. Yeah, the conditions are basically around his reinstatement, and then uh, his contract is for right. the second one. Uh, so Atlanta, you know, is given conditional picks on whether he comes back. It it like turns into a second rounder if he gets signed big. So yeah, yeah there's there's a lot of conditions like. That second pick could be a second rounder or a sixth rounder, depending right. on everything goes. So really big conditions on that. But I, I like the move for Jackson. I think so too. I think they need a high upside. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent high upside. And Trevor Lawrence gets you know another go to guy. It was Christian Kirk, and now Calvin Ridley are going to be you know the one two punch there for sure. Not Zay Jones. Stop it. <laughs> uh, Bradley Chubb and a fifth rounder to Miami for Chase Edmonds, a first this year and a fourth next year via Denver. I mean, 
Here's the thing. Denver needs to recoup some assets from the Russell Wilson trade. Yeah. They realized the Russell Wilson trade wasn't the only piece they were missing. Mm -hmm. And I think they went, oh, crap. Let's go ahead and trade some, you know, high upside guys right now to possibly get some, you know, draft capital back to, you know, make a run because they've got Wilson for, you know, another three years after this year. And so they're like, hey, let's let's figure this out. Uh, let's go get a fifth uh, first rounder for next year because we lost ours. And you know they give up Chase Edmonds. They don't they don't need him. Yeah. yeah or sorry, Miami doesn't need him. And so they get, oh yeah they, they get another running back. And you now. get a big time guy in Bradley Chubb who they signed to an extension. Today. Right. So it, it makes sense for both teams. I think it's great. Hmm. All right. The Steelers. Uh, they get William Jackson the third, the cornerback. And a seventh rounder uh, for a 2025 sixth round pick by Washington. Yeah, it's just this is more the Steelers need uh, needed a corner. Yeah, and the price like wasn't it. that high. Washington kind of has a plethora of corners like that. Yeah. Their defense is really really solid in that regard. Uh, so you know makes a lot of sense. Good move for both teams. A lot of late round picks. And the steel like Washington wasn't re-signing Jackson anyway. So yeah, matter. they weren't. Uh, Bears get Chase Claypool, Mapletron, <laughs> uh, going to Chicago, becoming the number one wide receiver there for a second round Big pick get. via Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh gets better. Uh, I think this is an addition by subtraction here because now it gives George Pickens the number two in their offense behind Deontay Johnson. Yeah. The Steelers know they just need capital. They're probably not re-signing Claypool anyway. Right. So let's just go get a second rounder for him considering they spent a second rounder on him. It just makes sense. and they Justin you know, Fields gets a big weapon. Right. And, yeah, Justin Fields gets the number one that he needs. Win-win for, sure. win for both. Minnesota gets TJ Hawkinson, love it, love a fourth it. rounder this year and next year for a second and a third via Detroit. Here's my thing: Minnesota was only missing tight end in their in their offensive yeah. repertoire, right? Repertoire. And they haven't had a great tight end since Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph, yeah. So now you get Hawkinson, great play blocking and pass catching tight end. Yeah, you're pairing him with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Osborne's their slot. And then you've got yeah, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook, Cook in the and Madison in the backfield. Like Minnesota's gearing up for a good run here. I, I'm we're big on Minnesota. I I really like Minnesota. I think they got really really good. With I this I know center. everyone is they don't fully believe Minnesota because Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. But that I, folks, I, and I know the big game. It's kind of like oh, when he's on national television, he doesn't show up well. Yeah, prime time Kirk Cousins doesn't yeah. show up well. Let, let, I'm going to tell you this right now. If Trent Dilfer can win a Super Bowl, <laughs> Kirk Cousins can win a Super Bowl. And here I'm I'm gonna throw this out if here. Rex right Grossman now. can get to a Super Bowl. <laughs> if Jake the Lome <laughs> yeah. can get to a Super Bowl. Like, I'm just gonna I'm saying this right now. Kirk Cousins is one hundred percent unequivocally a top fifteen quarterback in this league. Yeah. And like it's it's not even close. Like, he is probably 12-13. Like it's not like he's number fifteen. No, he is he is fringe top ten. I'm not putting yeah. him in the top ten. I think he's like he is 12. fringe top ten. I'm putting him twelve, thirteen. Somewhere in that realm, like just yeah. off the top of my head, yeah. I can think of at least nine quarterbacks better than him. Yeah. Which means I'm not thinking of about three, right? <laughs> so yes, he is a top fifteen quarterback in this league. You've given him Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Hawkinson to throw to. And Dalvin Cook, you just hand it off to him. And you've got a really good running game. Like, and they're deep. This their is the defense funny thing. is okay, solid. So, so their their new head coach, was it Ke- is it Kevin McDaniel? Something like that. 
I, I think I, it, think I know McDaniel's his last. Anyways, young coach. He's offensive minded, which is uh, away from Mike Zimmer, who's a really good defensive coach. Right. But their defense suffered last year, mm-hmm. which is incredible considering Zimmer was a head coach. Their defense has gotten better under an offensive minded head coach. Their offense is just rocks out and then you had a, a good time a good guy in Hawkinson yep who's very solid can win you games in the receiving game he's a good blocking tight end like they're they're a sneaky sneaky su- pick. super they're a sneaky super bowl team yeah i'll it, say it yeah no 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 they're they're in the conversation for sure yeah and i know people don't want to fully believe in it cuz it's minnesota it's Kirk cousins but i i think minnesota's for real listen you like that I yeah. <laughs> like this trade for sure. Uh, Baltimore gets Raquan Smith from Chicago for uh-huh. uh, AJ Klein, linebacker, a second and a fifth rounder. Chicago wins here. Baltimore, I think this is a big loss for you, and here's the reason why: you're not re-signing Smith and Lamar Jackson, so you're gonna have to pick. Yeah, you gotta pick one. And I don't think Baltimore is gonna have a lot of draft capital left to go up and get a quarterback. Yeah. So you got to pay both of them. Now one's gonna get tagged. So like. This year I think or next year, they're fine, right? Like next year, they're okay. You're not paying Lamar the franchise franchise tag. No, like not. that's yeah, it's going to be like forty million. Like you're not yeah. paying him that. So you're gonna you're gonna franchise tag Rockwan Smith, but like you've got to figure out a way to keep Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. That's going to be tough unless you're paying that man. Yeah. So this is not a great. It's a great trade this year for Baltimore. In the future, I, like you gave up a second and a fifth. Like that's tough for sure. I like it for Chicago. Yeah, I love it for Chicago. Yeah. They they get another running back and they get a second and a fifth next year. Yeah, I mean that's that's a lot of good draft capital that you can surround Justin Fields with. I actually believe in Justin Fields. I'm not sitting here saying he's a world beater, and especially now that they got Claypool. Give me give me a, give me a couple years with Justin yeah, Fields you, you, in a you, in a consistent yeah. offensive system. Absolutely, and Justin Fields could shock you. I agree. Kadarius Tony, your my boy, your going boy. To KC, he's going to play with a phenomenal quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, this man lit it up for three games. And they got hurt last year again. Like, don't be surprised if Tony lights it up for Casey. Him, Juju Smith Schuster, Nikhil uh, Roby, or no, I'm uh, sorry. Hardman. Hardman. McCall, yeah, 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 yeah. Hardman. <laughs> I, like, and, and they got, they got uh, sprinkles or Pringles or. Uh, sprinkle some some sort of food as a last name wide receiver. Is, is, it's, it's Pringles. Or, is, isn't yeah. there two? Isn't there a receiver both named Sprinkle and Pringle? Because I think I think you're right. It's Pringle. It's Hingle McKingleberry. Hingle McKingleberry. Penn State University. <laughs> anyway, let's let's move Thanks, on. Mr. Jackson Flex and Wax. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, All right, let's move on. Your 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 Eagles. Yeah, they get Robert Quinn, very good pass rusher from Chicago for a 2023 fourth round pick. Yeah, and and that's good. Howie Roseman always making deals. I mean, Robert Quinn slowly getting uh, getting recognized of being, um, you know, like he's always solid, right? Like he yeah. he's been in the league a long time. Now it's just like, hey, go get the quarterback, right? Like, and he's gonna play in a defense that Jonathan Gain. I know he got a lot of rap, but now that he has two really really solid corners in Bradbury and Slay, like I mean, yeah. lockdown corners. Mm-hmm. Like he can, his defense is actually showing up really really big this year, and I think Quinn's not gonna have to think as much. And it's just like, hey, go get him. Yeah, you're you're gonna have one role, like. Go get the quarterback, and you you don't have to be a, a defensive saver, right? Because they're loaded. Yeah. So you have one job. Yeah. Get the quarterback. Go get him. That's all you got to focus on. Hundred percent. It's gonna work. Moving on, the Jets get James Robinson via way of Jacksonville for a conditional sixth round pick. Got to replace Brees Hall. Yeah, I mean you got to have another running back in that staple behind uh, Michael Carter, I believe, is their their lead back right now. 
uh, you know, so this was this was a good get. Now I know this happened a little bit before the trade deadline, as well as a couple of these other trades. But yeah, uh, the craziness that is, I mean, the Jets. They, I mean, that that's a sneaky pick for them, I, and and only for a conditional six. It, yeah. it, like it's most likely going to be a seventh, considering I think Carter is probably going to be your answer there. Right. But I mean, still, even a, a, just a draft pick. That's all he needed, and and it was okay. Yeah. And we already talked about Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco, Robbie Anderson. Moving on to Arizona, to Arizona via way of Carolina. Carolina's just like, let's just make DJ Moore the the, the yeah. only person we need to worry about. It's just got to worry about him to keep his helmet on his head. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. So a lot of teams got really, really good. I think a lot of these trades were, were excellent for both sides of the uh, of the coin. I think a lot of GMs are getting smarter. In I think the regard. Bears are the big winners. I, you know, you're not wrong. You get a receiver. Yep. And yes, you give up Roquan Smith, but yep. I think AJ Klein is sneaky good. Well, and, and you Robert get Quinn. Yeah, yeah, and, and you get picked. Yeah, the, the picks, the second rounder, I think, is going to be crucial for them for sure. All right, when we return, uh, we're getting into the Week 9 picks to wrap up the show right after a word from our sponsors. Welcome back to Sports GPS. We're giving our Week 9 picks. CJ, lead us off. Yeah, let's talk about tonight's game, the Eagles versus the Texans. Yeah, you know, while the Astros are playing Philly to... Two Houston-Philly battles going on at the same time. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I'm taking the Eagles to win this game. I wouldn't take the spread. Uh, it's like 14 points right now. That's kind of ridiculous. Uh, but I am taking the Eagles on the money line as I think they win this game probably by about 10. Yeah, Eagles. I mean, there's nothing else to say here. Yeah, pretty pretty simple. All right, let's go ahead and start the slate on Sunday. Colts versus the Patriots. Who you got? Pat Patriots. Yeah, I can't trust the Colts. You're probably trying to, you know, reverse jinx it. I'm it's a combination of reverse jinx and I really don't believe in my Colts. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah. Uh, Chargers. And they're in New England. Well, yeah, there's that too. Uh, Chargers versus the Falcons. Who you got? I love the way the Falcons are playing, but give me the Chargers. We're Herbert guys. Yeah, you know, I I believe in the Chargers. I don't believe in, truly in Marcus Mariota. Like Mariota's played well, but he's not a world beater. Like, and the Chargers coming off a bye, they had to figure out something, right? Like, they, I know they had to. They're going to be down in a wide receiver department, but yeah, yeah I'm going to take the Chargers. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Uh, Dolphins at Bears. Who you got? Even though we like what the Bears did at the deadline, give me the Dolphins. Yeah, I think the Bears benefit later, Long not term, this yeah. year. Whereas the uh, Dolphins got Robert Quinn. Yeah, and I mean Dolphins. Dolphins. They're a good team. Yeah. You know, they, they also have two a healthy, you know? Yeah. And two a healthy means a Dolphins win. So uh-huh. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Uh, Panthers at Bengals. Who you got? I actually thought about this because I don't like the way the Bengals have played last week. But give me the Bengals at home. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals too. I think the Panthers game versus Atlanta was, you know, a division game. It was, you know, like it wasn't. It was a, it was lightning in a, in a bottle, right? It, yeah. it wasn't, uh, you know, a, a sign. I think the Bengals have a get-right game here at home for sure. Uh, Packers versus Lions in the NFC North showdown. Another one that I thought about, but I'm going to take the Packers, even though I don't love it because the, the Packers are playing garbage. God, do I want to take the Lions here? I th- I really thought about it because they're at home, and I just like I, they play hard. Yeah, that does not mean you're going to win. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Lions. Give me Ooh. the Lions. I am going to take the Lions. I do not believe in the Packers. Give me the Lions at home. Um, that that's where I'm going. I'm going with the Man, Lions. 
now I feel like I should have taken the Lions. Nope, nope. It's yeah, my it's, decision. It's, it's set in stone. I'm taking the Packers. You're taking the Lions. All right. Uh, chisel it up. Uh, Bills <laughs> at Jets. Who you got? Even though we like the way the Jets are playing, it's the Bills. Yeah, it's not even close. I think yeah. the Bills for sure here. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Vikings versus Commanders. Vikings move on. Yeah, it's, it's not even close there. Uh, Raiders, Jags. Interesting. Ooh, I think that, I mean, this is going to be close. And I, I mean, Derek Carr did not play well last week. I think he'll rebound. Give me the Raiders. I think this is a good matchup. I, this could be either way. I'm going to take the Jags. I'm going to give you another chance to pick up one on me. All right. Uh, Seahawks at Cardinals. I've been doubting Geno Smith all year. I'm not going to this week. Give me the Seahawks. I think Kyler Murray has a get-right game. He has to, right? Like, there, there's no way he doesn't. Uh, give me the Cardinals. I, You know what? I, in, a, in another bird matchup, <laughs> uh, give, give me the birds that are at home. In Glendale, Arizona. All right, Rams, Bucks. This is you know, the funny thing is to start the year, this would have been a no doubt, but I'm taking the Rams. Because I, mean, I don't know uh, the Bucks. They're bad. Both teams are. I mean, the Rams. Oh, I, I don't love what I'm seeing from the Rams, but they give me a little bit more life than the Bucks. I guess that's fair. This is just rough for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the box. To though. begin the year, we would have thought this was one of the best games on the slate. You're not wrong, but <laughs> I, you know, give me the box. I, I I believe in Tom Brady to get it done at home. Okay. I don't trust Matt Stafford right now, and Cooper Cup's out. Oh, like he's out. I think he's out. I think he's out this week. Oh man, I'm not yeah. entirely. Pot- Let me look this up real quick. Hold now on, I'm not. Look, I'm not feeling good about my pick if Cooper Cup's not yeah, playing. Right? <laughs> Can I change it if Cooper Cup is out? Yeah. Hold on. Let me look at it. Hold on. All right, pulling it up. Okay, he's questionable. He didn't practice yesterday. He practiced on a limited basis today, and it's his ankle that he hurt on Sunday in that loss. So, I mean, it it really depends on the injury report right now. Like, are you going to switch it up? You know what? Do you want to put a contingency on it? I'm willing to do a contingency. You're willing to do a contingency? I'm willing to do a contingency. Okay, if if on Sunday Cooper Cup does not play, put me down for the puck. Okay, but if he plays, but if he plays, I don't even care if he's gimpy. If he plays, I will I will be a man of my word and take the Rams. All right, fair enough. I'm willing to give you the contingency. I'm glad you put that thing in there. Uh, Titans versus Chiefs, the Sunday night matchup. Is this even a is no? Even a it's, it's in Kansas City. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, and the Titans they they leave a lot to be desired, and, and they're probably going to start Willis again. Yeah, I like Willis, but man, he did not look good this past I mean, week. He's six of ten, but he barely threw for like forty yards. He um, threw ten times and rushed at five. He was not a yeah, part of that game. No, he wasn't. And I uh, we talked, but we liked how Derrick Henry ran at thirty-two times. That's not a recipe for success. No, especially when they know they can just crowd the box because Derrick Henry is going to get the ball. Right, hundred percent. Ravens versus the Saints is your Monday night matchup. Who you got? Ravens got to win. Yeah, I think they do. They do. I mean, you. you, I I don't love the Ravens, but they got to win this game. Yeah, they do. And I mean, it it is in New Orleans though. That's the only question mark I have. But I'm going to take the Ravens as well. Yeah. All right, recapping it, we're both taking the Birds tonight. The Patriots on Sunday versus your Colts. Chargers over Falcons. Dolphins over Bears. Bengals over Panthers. We're both taking the Bills. Both taking the Vikings. Both taking the Chiefs, both taking the Ravens, which means we have some splits. We have four as of right now. There's one on contingency. Uh, Parker, you're taking the Packers. I'm taking the Lions. You're taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Jags. You're taking the Seahawks. I'm taking the Cardinals. And the contingency, if Cooper Cup plays at all, he's not designated as out, you're taking the Rams. I'm taking the Bucks. Otherwise, you're taking the Bucks with me. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for Season 3, Episode 26. Parker, tell them where they can find us outside of this podcast. On Twitter, 
Instagram, TikTok, even though we don't really use it that much. You can find us at the Sports GPS. And don't forget to catch us Monday night, 6.30 on ColorCast. Yeah, that's Sports in the Rearview Mirror presented by us, the Sports GPS. Yeah. Come on. If you have an Apple device, download the ColorCast Jump app. on the hot seat. Jump on the hot seat. We talked for about a half an hour, just recapping the last seven days. And then we bring people on and we'll talk whatever sports that you want to talk about. Yeah. But again, that's going to wrap it up for episode 26. Great run tonight, Parker. Absolutely. For all of us here at the Sports GPS. Parker White. CJ Holly. thanks for stopping by. Oh, thank you.